0: Thank you. All right. Our guest was born native to Houston, Texas. She is a mother of two and a grandmother of four who she loves and adores. Her experience covers over 30 years in corporate America with a focus in financial services industry. Her publishing career started two years ago and she has now published or she is now the proud author of many publications. Please welcome our guest, Trilogy Christian Publishing author, Lisa Lopez. Welcome to our show, Lisa.
1: Thank you so much. So
0: happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Now, would you please do us the honor of praying for us? Because I believe in prayer.
1: Absolutely. Father, we come to you and ask that you lift this interview and this broadcast so that every listener and the interviewer and myself are all blessed and touched by the words of this and all future interviews. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. All right. So we are going to go right into the questions. Okay. Okay. So here is what our readers uh, want to know and ask. The name of your book is called Coping with Lando Kleffner Syndrome. I hope I said that right. (laughs) Close enough. (laughs) Tell us why you named the book Coping with lando Kleffner Syndrome.
1: Well, it's actually two parts. Uh, The coping piece itself was really because it was the best way to describe what the lives of families that are going through rare disorders uh, are really going through. Right. It's something that's not a cure uh, or, or there's not one available just yet. And so really what you're doing is figuring out how to live and, and cope with something that could be brand new to you. Uh, and in a lot of cases, the resources available to those particular syndromes are very sparse. Hmm. So the coping piece was certainly a meaning of its own, but the landau Plether syndrome is the name of a very, very rare seizure disorder. And actually is named after the doctors that uh, uh, founded uh, that this was actually an issue for children. Uh, so that's why the two names came together.
0: Awesome. Also. Now, what attracted you to this um, type of story and why? Why now?
1: Well, I certainly did not go looking for this. <laughs> uh, however, uh, it's really what happened in our family. Right. My son, who at the age of five was a very well developed normal child and there was an onset of uh, seizures that started to occur out of nowhere Um, and so as a result of that this particular syndrome attacks the part of your brain that connects with your speech. So so children that were already speaking normally start gradually losing their speech uh, and become mute as well as their attention span uh, really becomes so small that you know, interpretation of discussion and speaking just becomes very hard, in some cases impossible. And this is what we started to see over the course when he hit five years old. And um, and so obviously over the course of 10 years where he was actually misdiagnosed and was being treated for just standard epilepsy, um, you know, there was a long road of, of medicines and doctors and surgeries and, and all sorts of things that that really gave us insight to this disorder. And because there was such a limited amount of resources, even in documented cases, I think my son was the 54th documented case in the entire world. And so you could see that uh, we didn't have a lot of information to go to about it and we were really figuring out and like I said, coping. So it was our story to tell, Uh, and we had information that families now going through this are still looking, you know, even though it's been 20-something years, it's still, uh, the resources are very limited, and so we had insight, and our family decided that, you know what, I can give this from a parent's perspective how we coped and what we did to get through it. It wasn't necessarily pretty, uh, but we did it um, and come out on the other side, and my son as the person who actually went through this said, you know, mom, I have a lot to offer these victims and these, these patients. Uh, And then my daughter who was the third party in the situation and said, you know, she was impacted too in many ways. So it is a family thing. It's not just the parent and not just the child going through it, but it is your entire family that's impacted. So it was really about uh, helping those families because we had insights. and, And so we decided to publish
0: that. Awesome. 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 Amazing. How is your son now? How is he doing?
1: He's doing great. You know, I think that even over the years, you still continue to struggle with some of the after effects, uh, especially the confidence part of it. And, you know, I had this. I'm a little antisocial, but every day gets better. Uh, He is a father of two now uh, and is a man of God. And so, you know, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Uh, I mean, the outcome was as best as
0: God could possibly have given me. Wow. To the glory of God, the father. my yes. Lord. All right. So how long did it take you to manifest this idea of writing this book into it actually becoming a book?
1: Well, what I didn't know that all the records that I had been keeping over that 10 to 12 year span would end up becoming a book. Okay. What I was concerned about was that there was so little information for me to understand that would, My grandchildren also have this, was it genetic, right? Nobody could tell me that, it's not documented. They didn't track children into their adulthood in this particular cases that that were in the medical libraries. And so I kept all the records just so if I needed to go back to them at any reason, I had them. Um, So it wasn't until I started getting the the nudge, uh, what some people would call the calling, I realized that that information was everything I needed to help other families and so you know over the course of just collecting that information then it then I started responding to what God was asking me to do and we wrote the book to write the book itself was only a few months but I had been collecting it over the years and wasn't sure other than my own rationale of why I was keeping it I had everything I needed for every aspect From the initial symptoms, to the diagnosis, to the testing, to the medications that were given. And because it's so um, few cases that, you know, because my son was the only documented case of a child that didn't go mute, I, I felt like there was something in his treatment that helped him. So, you know, I have I I work with other physicians and we give these treatments out and we show other people across the world what we did in case it helps them in their case.
0: Wow. You was very prepared. God actually prepared you for this time.
1: (laughs) I know. All along. (laughs) All (laughs)
0: along. We don't see it. You know, we just don't see it until it's done. So, my goodness, my goodness. All right. Well, can you unfold those nuggets those principles that govern your book for people, especially those that's dealing with rare medical disorders who need to become healed physically, mentally, and emotionally, and even spiritually.
1: Sure. Absolutely. You know, when I look back to that point in our lives and I look at, at what we have now, I I can really narrow it down to what I want to say are five key ones because, um, you know, it's it's not until you can look back to realize what was happening all along or, or what you think was happening and what God reveals to you is happening. So the first thing I will say, and I, I do this in my personal ministry, I, I just tell people that no matter what you're going through even though you don't understand it, and it could look very painful, and, it, and you just feel like, why me, right? Or why my child, and it's just a child, and how could God ever do this to a child? What I realize now is that every single thing in your life that happens to you is supposed to happen. Okay. And the way to get answers for yourself as to why you, why your child, or any other question you could possibly have is you have to go directly to God to get that, right? There are lots of ministers and people that can can give you their interpretation. They can give you what they think the explanation is. They can try to comfort you and give you compassion. But at the end of the day, if you really want to know, you have to have that access and connection to God. And that's your job, right? So until you do that, you're always going to be listening to somebody else. And it may or may not be what you want to hear. But uh, until you go to him yourself, because he is available to everybody, uh, will you get the answers that you need? So that's that's nugget number one. Um, The second one is keep going no matter what. Wow. Um, People in these situations and I trust me, I have been on my knees many times about it (laughs) Uh, because there is nobody else to go to. Right. The doctors say, oh, he's gonna die from lack of oxygen because he's having seizures every two or three seconds. You he can't live a life of any quality because, you know, he's just sick all the time and in the hospital. And you really just want to give up. Mm-hmm. And and the thoughts cross your mind and, and if you've read the book, you can see even Pete had that, right? Where he was going through attempts of suicide and things like that just because we didn't know what else to do. But if you can go to God for the strength that you need, um, that's really where you have to go. And I believe now, more so than ever, that in that situation, for me personally, it was to realize that he was the only answer to this. He was the only way I was going to get through this. Uh And so if people could realize that when they're in that state of despair and disabled from Questions and not knowing that you go to him uh, for that strength, and and I promise you, he'll get you through it. He'll put the people in your life to give you the support you need. Uh, he doesn't give you a, a a life that he won't support you in fully. Uh, So that's really just keep going. Don't don't give up because, you know, we wouldn't want you to have to come back and do that again. (laughs) Uh, You know, you've heard of people that just say, why do I keep getting the same situation in my life? Well, guess what? You haven't quite got the answer right yet.
0: (laughs) And it's something
1: you need. It's something your spirit needs to conquer. So so that's really the second one. Um, The third one is, you know, when I talk about having a connection to God, there is certainly a, a way to do that. Uh, and I call it still time. Uh, m- many people call it different things, but I didn't have a meditation guide or anything like that. I just knew I needed help, and I knew that nobody else could give it to me. So what I did was I started taking time out of my day. Uh, I would read uh, the Bible, just read the scripture. It wasn't even in any order, right? I just went to John because I could pronounce it. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I started reading scriptures and just applying those scriptures to my life to see how to be a better person, to get the strength I was looking for. And the Bible really provided that for me. But what it also did was allow me to take some time and just relax my mind and think about what I was learning from the Bible, what I was experiencing, and started journaling that. And when you do that, relax your mind and get all that negativity out of your brain, all of a sudden you start to feel God. You start to hear God uh, and see how he's working in your life through scriptures, through people, Uh, through even through conversation if you stick with it Uh, so he is accessible to you uh, through what I call still time some people call it meditation again I didn't have any fancy teacher I just knew that I was going to him and it's really because you take the the time and choose to do that and spend time with him every day that's really uh, what matters your intentions really uh, determine your destiny Um, So that's number three. Uh, Number four is uh, you do need somebody to talk to, right? So support, uh, counseling is obviously one of the ways you can get support, but there is nothing that you cannot talk to God about. There is not one topic. I don't care how big or small, how intimate or how broad. Uh, You can talk to him about everything and uh, and he will hear you and if you you can even write down your questions on a piece of paper and over time you're going to see that those get answered in one way or another it could be a movie you watch it could be a minister you see it could be a stranger you meet who just starts to talk about this topic and you're like. Oh my goodness! I was just thinking about that. Right, wow. you're going to get the answers. You know, in my second book, I documented 12 different ways that I that God communicates with you, and you continue to learn what those are. So um, just talk to Him, and He will get you through it, and and you will then have that information and access to Him. Um, and the fifth one is if you uh, try the top four all of the healing will occur. The physical, the mentally, the emotional, and the spiritual growth, that all occurs with the top four steps, at least in my experience. Uh, and this is what I minister to many people and, and through my, my other books that I publish is what I try to help people do. Um, but that, that's the best advice I can give looking at that time and, and what I know now and what I tell families going through this now.
0: Wow, that is you have said a mouthful Miss Lisa Lopez. Let me ask you this question If you had to choose one chapter, what is your favorite chapter within the book and why? Well, my favorite chapter
1: uh, was really chapter 10 because um, You know, it's Pete's words and when you're going through something like that you feel all the pain of a parent Right. And seeing your child in going through whatever they have to go through, the needles, the doctor's appointments and the outrageous testing that occurs. Um, but when the person going through it is not even upset that they're going through it right? It's almost as if the parents suffer more than the person going through it. Mm. And and I didn't know and couldn't understand how that was until later when he actually put in his own words and when I looked at what he wrote to the people that were going to be hearing him, it was still about God. Yeah. So he knew God at a young age while he was going through all of that. I had no idea because I was out of my mind, right? I wasn't paying attention to that. And so He was growing in his spirituality through this whole event. Um, And one thing, when I interviewed other parents and did other uh, meetings with other parents, it it happened to be a a trend that uh, most of the children, you know, at least the ones that I talked to, uh, had a very high level of spirituality. And Mm. so I can only come to the conclusion that God was working in these children in ways that we'll never understand. Mm -hmm. And so the children going through this, and can come out on the other side and then talk about God as the last, you know, words about it. I mean, that's that's speechless to me. Um, So that was just a a revelation that um, that I think parents should know uh, and also to pay attention uh, to how the child's doing, not what you're necessarily going through, because they're really going through it. And if they can be happy and, and you know, you see people that are, are more disabled than Pete was and can't move and walk, and they're still the happiest people on earth, like that right. comes from somewhere, right? That's not just a fake thing. So right. uh, those are the things you have to pay attention to, even though in your mind it's it's crazy. But um, that that's what I could say about that.
0: Wow. You know, one thing I tell people, this is their fight. They're gonna to have to fight their fight. God right. gave them this fight for a reason. Right now, it's to help others. It's never about you. It's always about others. And I just thank God that you documented these things. Um, I can remember when my wife um, and our son he had he was diagnosed with ADHD, mm-hmm. uh, and. Now they know more about ADHD than anyone else He's grown now and married and have children and, and everything else yeah. But it's interesting how he had had to overcome that um, diagnosis Had he overcome that illness And um, now he's a productive man in society So I thank God for that And I thank God that you did what you did I thank God that he had me do it. I didn't know it was going on, but it was awesome. 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 All right, let's continue. Now we're going to go a little deeper. According to your book, you and your family experienced a huge impact because this rare medical disorder of epilepsy, um, because of this rare um, disorder of epilepsy, it appears that your worldview was different when you first encountered this disorder than the worldview you encountered or have now. Can you please explain to us between the worldview you had when you first encountered this disorder or this epilepsy from the worldview you have today?
1: Yes. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, we survived against all odds. He survived against all odds, right? They, They told us he was not going to survive, but he did. And so when you get through and realize that, okay, You were supposed to die because of this illness, and you didn't. You wanted to die from several suicide attempts, and you didn't. You know, there's something to be said in that God determines right when it's time and when it's not. And so, when while we all went through some of those trials and tribulations, we survived, and we became closer as a family because of it. Uh, But it wasn't until we let go of the pain and anger. You know, I didn't know that 20 years later, I was still mad at some of the doctors, right? Because they didn't know enough about this and they were treating him for things that it, that didn't apply to him. And it wasn't until I wrote this book did I realize that I was still angry all these years later. Wow. You had tucked, you know, you tuck away those things. And so did Pete and so did my daughter, Valerie. You tucked away uh, the things that that hurt us just to to get through it. So I have to say that writing this book was a healing process Mm
2: -hmm.
1: uh, and it really helped us kind of get to the next level. Uh, So that's, you know, once we did that, that's when our worldview changed. That's when we said we're doing this for the right reasons. That's when we said, no matter what's going on, we can be excited about the next day because we've already hit rock bottom. So there's only one way to go is up. Yes. And so just keep looking up. Um, and that's why our worldview changed. And that's, um, that's, what we, that's how we live our life every day. We, we try our best not to have a bad day.
0: Awesome. 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 All right. So every person watching and listening, including myself, have been challenging our faith. Help us to understand how you transformed. From a person who had to deal with this rare medical disorder to a person who is now walking in victory, let's start there,
1: okay well, I think the the transformation happens when you finally figure out that you're not really in control yeah. <laughs> i mean it's 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 why we have the challenge in the first place, yeah. We just think that we can do it. We can handle it. We're strong until we're not, until we're on our knees, until we don't have any more energy, until we don't know what else to do. It's not until that happens that you actually uh, can let go and and kind of move towards what what your next assignment is. And that's really the alignment with God. Um, So until you kind of get to that point, you're fighting what I call a losing battle. Yeah. Right. So uh, that to me is is the biggest part of that question that I can answer, because uh, at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's not about your what you think. It's not about your own personal strength. It's actually, like you said, a challenge of um, your own strength. Right. He brings that out in you because he wants you to depend on him. He wants to be your strength and you will not allow that to happen until you have exhausted your own. So uh, it's just things that come together uh, as you continue to look at what challenges you have in your life. And I can tell you this, that anybody that looks back on their life realizes that their growth in all avenues comes from the errors, Mm. right? Not the successes. Yes, it comes. And unfortunately, us as humans want to learn that way. (laughs) So it takes the pain and sorrow and heartbreak and, you know, failures to figure out, oh, I need to do something different. Um, And so for whatever reason, that's how we learn.
0: My goodness, my goodness, that was some truth there. That was some (laughs) truth there. All right. We're going to continue. What can every person watching and listening to this interview expect to receive? from your book
1: well we tried not to sugarcoat anything okay. uh, because when you're going through this there is no sugar so what you're going to hear is the rawness of it all the reality of what we went through and how we got through it and in some cases we just tried stuff that nobody else had tried hmm. we uh, we just did things because we said, you know what, let's see if it works. So it was a bunch of trial and error. And in a lot of cases it worked and in some cases it didn't, but at the end of the day we got through it and the outcome is brighter um, than the journey. Um, so that, that's really what you're gonna get out of the book.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, there you have it. We have Trilogy Christian Publishing author, Lisa Lopez. Her book is called Landu-Cliffner Syndrome, and you can purchase it on Amazon. Um, Lisa, can you please pray for us or pray for people who are watching and listening to this interview, who are struggling in dealing with rare medical disorders, especially those who are dealing with epilepsy?
1: Absolutely, I'd be happy to. Thank you. Father, we lift up all the families who are dealing with any rare medical disorder, and Father, we want to pray that everyone who is in this state of despair that you touch their hearts for the good and with the love that only you can provide. Father, as the parents and patients of Landau-Kleffner syndrome are in the midst of their pain. We ask that you heal and restore any areas of the life that have been impacted and lift up their bodies to full healing and perfect conditions to align with your will. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Well, thank you again for being a part of the TCPAG video podcast. For we write by faith, not by sight. That's right. You take care. And God bless you. Tell Pete I said hello.
1: Okay. Thank you so much. God bless everyone. Bye.